Mashed potatoes? What do you have mashed potatoes? Spoon. Spoon. I go Spoon. fork. Well, it depends on what my protein is. Yeah, because sometimes okay. you, you take a piece of meat on the right. fork and, and you, you use scoop it to, a little. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. But if it's just mashed potatoes, I still go fork. I'm a mixer, for sure. I right. like spoon, especially if there's gravy involved. Okay, now here's you one. Gotta, you uh, got to get the gravy <laughs> lapped up uh, on there. Peas. Do you eat peas with a spoon or fork? Uh, uh, don't eat a lot of peas, Here's the thing. But it, it's totally dependent on what the meal is. Because if, if what's on my plate is like steak and salad and, and peas, then I don't have a spoon to, at the table. And I, I'm not like setting a formal mm-hmm. you know table setting. What's your answer? You're, you're so delaying it's, here. Well, you're it's, it's, well first of all, you don't have a start. That's the problem. <laughs> it's probably a fork. Okay. It's probably a fork. But I mean, I'm not if sometimes like you get the, the peas in a smaller bowl on your plate right. and then it's a then it becomes a spoon Ryan, situation. Spoon situation. Okay, and then last, uh, last one, uh, rice. Uh, it, again, it, it's all dictated by uh, you guys are, the other the uh, the other guys on the plate. Well, those are my hot hot not spoon or fork. Do you guys remember when KFC first came out with the spork and like <laughs> it was wild? I remember like that was the first. Maybe yeah, it wasn't kind of, new, yeah. but I remember being like wowed as a kid going to KFC and seeing a spork. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible event invention. It is incredible. Uh, I know? just looked up. Did KFC invent the spork? Uh, who? Well, maybe Prisons they, maybe probably invented the spork. Yeah, Kentucky Fried Chicken was the first restaurant to offer sporks. To oh, customers. wow. There we go. So that's, yeah. they were so the first to like make it normal. It. But like the plastic spork, I remember doing that with uh, the mac and cheese and, and the, uh, the famous bowls. Of course, it was Dr. Samuel Francis in 1874 who invented the spork. Dr. Shout Samuel out. Fran- uh-huh. I mean, look, you go to, you go to school for, to become a doctor. That's what you go for is to hope to invent a sport. Dude, we got college football this week, William. We have college we football. We got college football. All right, so it's we're, we're back in, this, in the Woos Media we're Studios. Back. It is college football tailgate. Um, it, week zero is here. We're three days away from college football, boys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. My God, does it feel no, good. No applause from the from the crowd. I mean, we're low production value back there, right? College. Producer Ryan just, is just... I said this last week. What I don't know what he's doing back there. It's like on... Uh, First of all, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. I mean, yeah. look, he's he's on the ones and twos. You got to give him some credit. He's yep. over there doing things. you have any best bets this week? Uh, you have any games you like? Well, we have a good show. We're going to break down the week zero matchups. Uh, of course, we have some college football news to cover. Today is our SEC breakdown, which is really exciting. Obviously, you know, it just means more. And then <laughs> we have the final four of our uh, our tailgate bracket, which, again, I'm super excited for. And this is when it's really getting contentious, I think. <laughs> if you want to see the bracket, go to Instagram. Give us a follow. Follow at, us on uh, Instagram. College Football Tailgate or uh, uh, Twitter at CFB underscore pod. But, yeah, I mean, look, it's finally here. We've all been waiting since February, since January yeah, for College Football to come back. Uh, eight months later, we're here, and I couldn't be more excited to to start to waste all of my Saturdays on the couch watching football, uh, just being a, a bum in general. And, you know, it starts with week zero, which isn't obviously a full slate, but we have some good matchups, and we have not even that. We have, like, big college football news in the last week. So, you know, obviously in the last week we, we saw uh, – Yesterday, Nick Saban got extended through 2030, so college football, assuming he lives out that contract, <laughs> nothing is changing. Alabama is going to be the favorite basically every year for the next seven years. Uh, I don't think he's actually going to last that long, though. I think that this is like now he's the highest paid coach in college football and great, and he should be, but something tells me that he will retire before then. And Alabama just will be a good sport about it and say, yeah, you get to keep all the money, Nick. You don't see him going back to the NFL? Trying to no, no, I don't. I don't see him going anywhere except for for retiring. And there was all. In fact, there was a report not too long ago that he actually considered after the uh, the 
the miracle at Jordan Hare, the one where the where Auburn returned the kick uh, back for a touchdown to beat them. Apparently, after that year, he reached out to some contacts in media and was considering retiring and just going into a TV position. Oh wow! And so I think that's more likely. I don't see him going anywhere, but I don't think he's going to coach out through twenty thirty. I mean, he'd be. He'd be pretty old by that time. He's kind of old now. How old is he right now? Do we know? I think he's like sixty-five or I mean, something. That's like a that's like a Bobby Bowden. He's seventy. Run. He's seventy. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, it looks so great for seventy-eight. Like seven. That's I mean, w- 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 that's that's a big over under eight years. Yeah, for sure. And again, I hope he gets paid for all of it. Is he that how long he signed through? Yeah, through twenty thirty contract. Yeah, it's mm. a, like a seven or eight year extension off of the one he's already on, and so he, he's there through twenty thirty. Okay. So. Uh, you know, big, big, big deal for uh, Nick Saban, and it wasn't the only big contract uh, news that dropped. The other one, boys, Urban Meyer is back on Fox Noon Big Cook Kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, Great, yeah, I know. I hate it first of all, <laughs> just because he's gonna refuse to say the word Michigan every time, <laughs> and I think Urban Meyer is such a douchebag. I don't actually get why Fox felt the need to bring him back. Because to me, well, like the name, he's not and bad the on the show. He's not people. bad, but he's also not super entertaining. And I actually like the Fox Noon Big Kickoff Show. Um, I love like Leinert and Reggie Bush and and the rest of the crew there. Charles Woodson, obviously, I think it's good. But I don't always watch it that much. And even though I actually feel like uh, Game Day is kind of on the decline and Fox Noon Kickoff is getting be- bigger, I still find myself usually watching Game Day. And now with Urban Meyer on there, it's just like even less motivation because I don't think he's entertaining. Yeah, he has a ton of football knowledge, obviously, but he's not like entertaining well, on that show. I think that it's entertainment factor that he got caught sticking his hand somewhere it shouldn't have been in the cookie jar, and he made all that news. <laughs> the nookie jar, yeah. And Fox is just going <laughs> to sell know. out, and yeah, I, I mean, like Fox is selling out hard lately. Tom Brady. That'll be the best part about this whole thing is that I, you just know every single week, and if if it doesn't happen each week, then wherever they are for on location for the game. Uh, someone is going to have a sign with a picture of him grinding on that chick. Oh, absolutely. It like, has to happen. We're talking about college kids. I, I'd be doing that. If he came locally, like I'd be that guy for sure. And I don't care if I got kicked out. Like I would have to end up on TV well, showing Urban Meyer all his shame. You've heard the new, uh, the, the new joke, Urban Meyer joke. What's the best uh, position at his uh, recruiting? What, did, what position does he recruit best? Tight end, probably. Tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey-o! I would also argue the hands team. A lot of ball skills. (laughs) All of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, I I just think it's dumb, and I don't get why I feel like it was a good show even without him, but whatever. Now people will tune in, you're right, just to see like what Urban Meyer is doing with all the bullshit. And so Tyler, you know, Tyler's grabbing the uh, Ohio State helmet like it's going to bother me. I was going to sneak it on over to Will's desk. <laughs> I just think it's stupid. But uh, that was that was big news, and Urban Meyer's back in the world of college football until he you know takes the job at Notre Dame or wherever, I suppose, because I feel like he's probably not done there either. So to give everyone a little background, I, I just grabbed the helmet. That's what Will was talking about. I have an Ohio, uh, a mini Ohio State helmet here. I have a bunch of team helmets. Yeah, Ohio State's but, not uh, even your team. But, but I was going to try and sneak it onto Will's desk, and he He's, he's acting like he didn't care. I'm just trying to get in his head. We were, we, we have our first real week of bedboards, right? This That's is right. where it starts right yes. now, week zero. And you think you can get a mental edge by putting try- the mini <laughs> helmet on my desk? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to do everything I can to just start getting in there. Uh, well, start. we have another mini helmet over here for the University of Texas and Quinn Ewers. Quinn. He's, he's named the starting quarterback for Texas. And immediately after that happens... People all over Twitter are saying that it's a conspiracy because what happened is Ooh. there were basically a couple of tweets in the days leading up to the announcement 
that Hudson Card was like winning the battle and that everyone thought he would would be named the starter. Then, of course, transfer incumbent like freshman Quinn Ewers gets named the starter. So what all the conspiracy theories are now is that because Texas has these big money boosters that do have a ton of influence in the program, they think that Sark wanted to name Hudson Card the quarterback and that the boosters came in and said, no, we're going to name the five-star transfer, you know, whatever. I think that's ridiculous. Do you? I, I know they have a ton of influence, and I don't doubt that they could even go and, and bitch to Sark and say stuff, but I actually don't think Sark would be like, yeah, I'm just going to name whatever quarterback you guys want. I don't think that they have that power and that influence over well, him. Well, I mean, couldn't wouldn't the more reasonable answer be, you know, obviously that's some of the stories, but wouldn't the more reasonable, uh, reasonable answer be, that it was a smokescreen and they're trying to just create as much of that as possible before the season starts? Yeah, but I mean, it just couldn't be more Texas to have this drama where it's like, and last year, obviously, when they started Hudson Card over Casey Thompson and then he switched back and forth like three times in the first six uh, six games of the year. And so I don't think that you're going to see a lot of that, but it is interesting and, you know, I I think it's really cool that we're going to see Quinn Ewers finally play. No, I'm um, excited for it. But they do have sure. Alabama week, too. So the longer yes. you can let Nick Saban think it's going to be someone else, the better, in my opinion. That's true. So that yeah. could be the case. But it's just funny to me that, like, because I don't think there's any truth to that. But if there is, then, wow. I mean, Texas would be insanely dysfunctional if it actually was that he wanted to start a different guy. Right. And the boosters. It's like being some, the coach like, of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, coincidence they're both in Texas. Texas? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the oil money. It's yeah. Real. I, I don't know how much, uh, how much goes into play about, you know, the whole week two matchup against Alabama, but I could see this playing out how last year did with Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. Right. Is they go with the hot name, and they don't get results, and they bring in Cardigan. So yeah, and well, here's the other thing: if Alabama, especially week two against Alabama, exactly. If Alabama just stomps on them like we all expect them to, then they could be down like 21 or 28 points, and you yep. bring in the backup, and all of a sudden, if he leads the team on a couple drives, then you have quarterback controversy, even if they're in garbage time. Sure. And so the, I think it's ripe for for drama, and we're, we're gonna just gonna have to see how it plays out. I got a business name. Do you? Uh, Ewers Skewers. You, okay, well, I'm so glad you brought that Talk up. Talk about on the nose, yes. Will. <laughs> hey, very... Uh, <laughs> yeah, giving that's right. me shit for it, crystal balls, crystal balls. Exactly. Nah, I wasn't a big fan of that Ewers, one. I mean, no, it wasn't very good. I don't really think there's a huge market just for skewers. That's your main problem well, with you, that one? You get any kebabs. Oh, it's like a kebab yeah, stand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a whole thing. That actually Ewers, makes sense. Skewers. I'm glad you brought that up because... Tyler, we need to go back through the, the podcast archives and we need to locate when you said Bijan's Dijon. Yeah. Because last yeah, week, baby. Bijan Robinson signed a deal with a mustard company and it's got his name and face on it and it's Bijan's mustard and it's Dijon mustard. Okay. You need to find okay, that, and okay. we need to start. We need to sue whoever the mustard company is. I will is sue the shit out of it. Because it was your idea, and I'm sure we can prove it. Uh, let's do it. Let's that, start. Li- well, li- and they had a horrible name for it too. I mean, Bijan's Dijon. Right. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, it's just like Bijan's something mustard. I think it's whoever the company is. It's like Bijan's something mustard, but it's the, laying right there. The in fact front of that them. it's not just Bijan. Well, then maybe they're trying to to capitalize on the different flavors of mustard. Hmm. But even still, yeah, I mean, maybe. this is th- this is so up Towers Alley that now I'm actually thinking that all of these silly business name ideas are genius. All right. So what do you say <laughs> coming up here? Uh, well, thank you. Finally, some recognition around here. Yes. Finally, a little bit. It's real. Why, why don't you say in a few weeks before the show, we'll do a quick uh, taste test. We'll see how his mustard stacks up to some can of the other Can we get it here? Is it local? Can uh, you buy we it? We can order it online. Yeah, we'll order That's it. Bijan okay. Mustards on or uh, mustardsun.com. 
And coming soon, okay, uh, yeah, doozy I mean, that, shoesies. That couldn't have less of a ring to it if you try it. What, say it again? Bijan so Mustard Sun. Bijan Mustard Sun.com. I mean, mustards on, maybe it's mustards on.com. I'm not sure. That's that's so bad. I mean, like, a, okay, who do so, they hire as a branding person? I mean, the first thing I said when I sent it to you guys was it was, it was a trash name. Well, it yeah. says here the official uh Dijon of Bijan. So that's how they're how they're marketing it. Okay, so, so that's at least smart. they're take Yeah, but it's called <laughs> Dijon Bijan Robinson's Bijan Mustardson. Oh, cause cause Bijan Robinson, Bijan Mustardson. Dijon of Bijan. That was a swing and a miss. But it looks like it's a quality. Look, you can tell a lot from a mustard the way it looks. They mm-hmm. I, I really believe that. Especially and, with like spicier brown. Yeah, right? that looks like it could be okay. So I'm willing to say And when it comes to yellow mustard, I want it to look like it's play doh. It needs to be like like <laughs> like like glowing radioactive yellow that it looks so fake. That's what I want on my Simpson's skin color. Wait, for yes, for just like exactly. for yellow mustard? Yeah, like just for like like you know like French ballpark mustard. Yeah, yeah. It okay. needs to be so yellow that it looks like it's like a neon yeah. No, I'm light. down for that. Yeah, yeah. I got a dog at uh, the Rockies game last week. I went to see some baseball. Just killing time until football came around. Sure. And uh, yeah, I got some yellow mustard. I bet you did, yeah. but I know you didn't do hot or, or ketchup. Um, no, sauerkraut and relish. Uh, and the last piece of college football <laughs> news: the Big Ten signs a new network deal. They sign it with Fox. It's a joint deal between Fox, CBS, and NBC for seven billion dollars over seven years is that all that's insane and uh, look whenever the sec's new deal comes up it'll be even bigger which is crazy but the the fascinating thing about this to me is that no more big 10 on on espn um it the way that it works is everyone's that freaking out about the song the fir- yeah well that's because <laughs> cbs the cbs football song for college football you always associate with sec that's it yeah. and if we have the same song for big 10 it will look weird i saw some mashup videos that were hilarious <laughs> of like bad big 10 highlights and so that will be weird it, it the interesting part is that it's with all these networks and so i guess it's going to be fox the first year then cbs the next year or something like that and then there's some weird bidding system where like the networks can bid with like a like a draft on certain games before the season or something. I'm into like that. that. I, I like the. I mean, look, let's not get too into the, how these billionaires are going to pick their games, you know. But for us, it matters because uh, regionals. I mean, does it matter anymore actually? Because everyone's streaming everything these days, right? I stream everything. No, but I mean, it matters for like if you if you're particular to like a broadcast team right? i guess so if, it, and the like, broadcast team knows your team but yeah no more like herb street and fowler calling big 10 games really unless you know unless the big 10 team in like a national championship game or something like that but it's pretty cool though they can bid on those games and, and it up. getting nbc is huge because this could be the first this could be the foot in the door to get notre dame to join the big 10 because obviously notre dame already has their own deal with nbc and so now if the big 10 is associated with nbc i think you could see that as being you know, kind of the first, uh, the first shoe to fall or whatever, or shoe to drop, whatever the saying is. The to, first to get, uh, uh, raindrop to fall. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, and the other interesting point there is that with the Pac-12, they have a new media deal coming up now. But they, they, <laughs> someone, there was a report that came out that said with USC and UCLA leaving, how much it's going to cost the rest of the remaining Pac-12 schools. They're all uh, expected to make about thirteen million dollars less per year without those two teams wow. for all the Pac-12 schools. That's huge. That's they were crazy. already like making less than all the other networks, and now it's going to be even less for those teams. And so, to me, again, this is just more sign that the Pac-12 is, you know, the days are numbered. The Pac-12 is not back. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> the Pac-12 is. They're not They're going to end up on PBS. Not- <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> I wonder what the PBS broadcast team would be like. Uh, is PBS still a thing? Do they it exist? Is. Yeah. 
But yeah. do they do like the telethons like they used to do? I don't know if they do telethons, but I mean, they still sure. rely off donations, I believe. But I just it, don't it's, know who's it's, it's all just garbage television. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like uh, movies you've never heard of. and They and need to get like a, like a PBS and... streaming service. PBS, PBS Plus. Plus. <laughs> or PBS, PBS Go or something like That'd that. That'd be so funny. Actually, I do remember now they have uh, these cool educational like YouTube Yeah, I mean, like they still like, I'm pretty sure their news coverage is still like pretty good, but the problem is that it's not like bullshit sensational news so no one watches. It's like actually just like a news reporter like, here's what happened today. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not uh, nonsense. So I, I you like know. your reporter voice, though. That was good. Do that again. <laughs> Today, the Big Ten signed the, a seven billion. No, that wasn't it. He did like a Walter Cronkite <laughs> S. He said, "Here's what's happening today." <laughs> I was like know. a fifties reporter. That's my news voice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's that's the majority of the college football news. We had some other, you know, certain uh, quarterbacks are being well, yeah. announced as far as who the starter is. But we're gonna get into that as we get into the SEC preview. And Tyler, we got to start it off. I mean, look. Obviously, Alabama is the the clear favorites, at, at, like every other year, especially <laughs> especially out of the West. Supposed to be the best team. Well, this they year. know that one day they will be, yeah. according to Clark Lee. Um, yeah, More I mean like Clark Griswold with a pick like that. They're they're the the favorite, especially in the West. But even still, most likely for the conference, they're certainly conference favorites. So what do we do? We 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 pick on who comes in second in the division. Well, I mean, the interesting thing is like you look at at Alabama's schedule. And yeah, I mean, obviously the Texas game right out of the shoot won't affect them as far as conference well, after, rankings yeah, go. After Utah State, after obviously. well, right, and you can't overlook the Utah State. Utah State, well, Coug- I guess Cougars. No Aggies. Oh yeah, okay, they're an Ag school. Yeah, a lot of agriculture. BYU in Utah. Cougars. Um, well, Cougs. I knew that. I knew what BYU. There's lots of Cougars <laughs> out there, Ryan. Come on. Don't, well, I mean, he's, don't he's, do he's that technically to not me. wrong. I mean, don't do that to me. But I mean, look, their their schedule still isn't. I, I still expect them to probably go undefeated. That would be. I'm not trying to again paint a weird picture here, but like they have a a tough. They have some tough road games at Arkansas, obviously at Texas, and we'll see what happens. It's probably a win. They have to go at Tennessee. They have to play at LSU and and at Ole Miss. And so you know they get A and M at home, which I think is the big one because to me that's likely the only team out of the Big Ten West that maybe has a chance if things break really well. And I know that A and M is all about um, like talent and hype and we haven't seen a lot of these players do it on the field yet but knowing that A&M beat them last year and that Jimbo has been a, you know a really good big game coach I think that to me they're probably the team that has the best chance if we're gonna see an upset in the SEC West and have Alabama not make the SEC championship game to me it's probably A&M do we have any win totals p- pulled over these teams because I'd just be interested to kind of go through that as we talk about this but I, I, I mean a and M, I believe, is right there. I think that if they their ceiling is national championship contender, um, they're loaded. Jimbo's got some good young players, but I really need to see Jimbo step up. And 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 don't they call August fourth Jimbo Day? No, because it's. Uh, I don't think eight, anyone has ever called because it it's eight four. Yeah, I saw that all over social media. Oh, it's like it's eight four. It's 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 social. It's Jimbo Day because he always goes eight and four with AM. So like that's oh, the joke. Yeah. So okay. I just you know these are there's going to be some big games and A and M kind of has a habit of dropping one every now and then. And will I've heard you give schools like Oregon a real hard time for having that reputation. I just don't know. Are you gonna do you think that same thing with 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 A and M? Are they gonna break through this year? Because they have done that year to year. I know they've had tougher schedules in Oregon, but they've never right. really lived up to that to that hype. No, yeah, uh, definitely. And I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. Like I, I I do give Oregon a tough time because I feel like they don't live up to the hype. But I think that you're. I mean, you do have to count that it's different. I mean, where do we think Oregon would be in the SEC West, and where would A and M be if they were in the the Pac-12 North? Mm-hmm. I think we're talking about completely different scenarios here. 
And I even though I, you know, I do think that obviously Jimbo, he hasn't lived up to that hype yet. He's had some really big wins, but he hasn't done it through a full season yet. And that does speak, I think, to just being in the SEC West and having to play Alabama every year. But, I mean, you look at their schedule this year uh, for A&M, you know, they, they have some tough ones too, but like the, their schedule is kind of favorable, at least by SEC West standards. They, they have to go at Alabama, obviously, and if they're going to have any chance at winning their division, then obviously they have to win that and they probably have to go undefeated. But they get Miami at home. That's their first real test. And Miami, I think, will be a pretty good team. But ultimately, I think a wins that game. But the rest of their SEC schedule, you know, they have to play at Mississippi State, which will be tough, at South Carolina and at Auburn. But they get Florida at home. They get, you know, LSU at home. And they don't have to play Georgia. They don't have to play uh, Tennessee. They don't have to play Kentucky. Those are all tough SEC East teams. And so to me... They have a favorable schedule. I, I, I'd be shocked if they went eight and four this year, just well, by their based off of their schedule. No, the schedule is definitely tough. Did, did you say the over under when you when you? Uh, no, let me look. Okay, it up. my bad, Sorry. my bad. No, uh, but I think Alabama right now. I think Alabama is probably going to be ten at least ten point favorites in that game. And last year, I think if I remember correctly, they were at least fourteen to seventeen in that range. The idea of A and M beating Alabama again. I think that we're, you know, I don't want to fall in that trap of that's what we saw last, therefore that's going to happen again. Right. I think Alabama could come out and thrash them this year, especially because it's at Alabama. And it's a rivalry so, now with everything that happened in the offseason with it Saban is. and Jimbo. And Alabama's got a little more, yeah, for you're sure. right, a little more motivation this game. So Yeah, I'm definitely not predicting A&M to win that game, but you look at the way the schedule breaks down, and if bringing in Max Johnson, the transfer quarterback from LSU, goes well for them. Yeah, see, I, that's what... Then you look but, at a team where, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if A&M went 11-1 and and lost to Alabama and sneaks into the playoff or something like that. Because, right, to right. me, the defense is... is It's been really good every year under Jimbo Fisher. They bring in DJ Durkin from Ole Miss, who's a really good defensive coordinator. Uh, That's a huge steal for them to bring him in. And so I think this is going to be a really physical and obviously talented team just based off of the recruiting that's been there. But if the quarterback play is better and they can just run the ball, they have a really good running back, obviously, in uh, in, uh, what's his name? Uh, Devin, Devin. A chain or a cane or however you say that. A chain. He's a chain, dude. I like that. The A train. A chain. A chain. The A train. He's really like they have so much talent that I get that it's eight and four and they haven't lived up to it yet. But to me, I it wouldn't be surprising for them to go ten and two, eleven and one this year. And even still, I think that they they probably give Alabama a pretty good game if I had to guess, even on the road. Yeah, it's going to come down to the defense between those two. I mean, they're both projected to have elite secondaries, elite, you know, you're not going to be able to throw against either of them. Their win total, by the way, uh, at least according, I don't know if this is still accurate. I I might need a better source, but according to Vegas Insider, is only eight and a half. Okay. So I'd be all uh, over the over at that point. Bama is uh, 11 and a half, right? Right. Yeah. Which, again, like you look at their schedule, um, Alabama obviously you know, has, has some, some tough matchups, but it's Alabama with all they bring back with Bryce Young coming back and how good the defense I think will be next year. Like Alabama honestly should just win every game and win the national championship. If they, if things go just even like semi according to plan for them on it, that's how good they are. That's why we like glossed over it. We didn't even talk about like Bryce Young and all the talent they have there because you can go they always on. have it exactly it's well, the same it, Alabama that we're kind of used to talking about I'm glad you said that I didn't find a real need to say here there here's why the best team <laughs> in the nation is going to be the best team in the nation right. again we all get it we all know it's right. Alabama but even past like A&M like you know I think Arkansas obviously they were such a tough team last year and a really fun team to watch um 
But to me, the strength of their team last year, especially was their defense, and they lose a lot from their defense from last year. And I do think that Sam Pittman, well, I think it's going to be a very similar team to, uh, to last year. They're going to be really tough, very physical. They're going to run the ball. They have a really good offensive line. Um, but I don't know that they're going to, you know, to me, they'll probably take a step back from the nine wins they had last year. I think I see them more being in that eight, you know, seven and eight win category, especially with KJ Jefferson losing Traylon Burks to the NFL, who like last year, there were so many games where KJ Jefferson would just fucking throw the ball up to Traylon Burks who would come down with it. Cause he's incredible. And that's why he got drafted in the, you know, the first couple rounds of the NFL. But I just think that this team might not be as good on defense as they were last year. And even though I feel like I'm going to be rooting for them, they were a, a team I liked last year a lot. I don't think that they have a chance to, you know, they almost beat Alabama last year. They, they gave them a really tough game. Uh, I don't think that that's something that we'll see on the table for this year necessarily. But I, I do like Sam Pittman, and you mentioned him a few times, but he's entering his third year, and each of his first two seasons, he's had massive upsets. Year one, they were seven, uh, 17-point dogs against Mississippi State, won that game outright. Yep. Last year, they were uh, plus six against Texas, won that game outright, big. Uh, they were plus four against A&M, won that game outright. So, you know, they've had a couple upsets each year. You can kind of count on, on, on Arkansas to do that. For sure. And this is just like, like it's so hard to take that next level and be elite in the SEC. It's, it's so tough year after year, but I like the way Arkansas is going, and they do have a somewhat favorable schedule. They avoid a, some teams. They don't get Georgia. Right. So. From an SEC, their SEC schedule, they're in conference, but like their non-conference schedule is tough. They got Cincinnati week one. They have, to play, they have to play at BYU in the middle of the season. Like Those are tough non-conference games. Am I right that they had the Longhorns on their schedule until recently and something late happened and, and Texas dropped off? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, at least not. Maybe they had something scheduled in the, in the near future, like for next year or the year after that. But, um, but I mean, like I thought they playing had this, Cincinnati yeah. and at BYU is a tough non-conference schedule for anyone. Um, and, you know, I mean, that'd be, that'd be a huge non-conference schedule for Alabama, frankly. You know what I mean? Like one stat I saw um, going, making the rounds on social media actually earlier today is that, Nick Saban is undefeated in non-conference road games in his time in Alabama, which is incredible. But his record is is two and zero, so they just don't play a lot of non-conference oh, wow. games on the road. They they go to neutral sites, right? They'll go and play in Dallas or in Atlanta, but never a true road game. And if they beat Texas, he'll be three and zero. And so again, like for Arkansas to have at BYU and Cincinnati at home, like that's tough. Those aren't gimmies by any mean, uh, by any means. And and then to still have to play. You know, Alabama, they got to play at Auburn, you know, LSU, like the whole SEC West schedule is brutal. And so I think that Arkansas could be a really good team and just win seven games because I don't think that that would be like all that bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, But even still, like the SEC West is loaded. Ole Miss, who I think will have a major drop off from 10 and 10 and two or 10 and three last year. Uh, You know, for them, I, I love that team. I love Lane Kiffin. I really like Jackson Dart, the USC transfer quarterback, who we think will be the starter, but we don't know for sure. It could be Luke Altmyer. But losing DJ Durkin, the defensive coordinator, went to AM, hurts a lot for them. And they lost Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator, is now the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Okay. And I know that it's Lane Kiffin's offense, so that may not be as much of a, a loss for them, but they lose like, you know, a bunch of starters on offense and a few on defense, and I just don't see them being like that ten and you know ten win team. No, I don't. That we saw it. last there, year. There's going to be one of those every year that pop up. They were last year, and I think it's going to be more of a reloading year for them. Right. You know, they're going to be good still. I love Lane Kiffin too. He's one of my favorites. But 
I know who you really love is Mike Leach, and I'm actually really interested to see what you think of them this okay. year. Because well, all it does is I, I think he's underrated. Can you just say that? Stop saying I love Mike Leach. And he loves underrated. Mike Leach. This is the exact same <laughs> way how you talk. Like I think Matt Campbell's a top five coach. It's the exact same. It's the yeah. exact same thing. No, but I'm allowed to paint a picture of you. I don't want you to do that to me. <laughs> I can do that to you. Okay. Well, you're the painter here, so yeah, I am. I mean, I think that Mississippi State actually could be really good. I know they went seven and six last year, but they had a really tough defense. And you look at how many starters they're bringing back on both sides of the ball. Obviously, Will Rogers, the quarterback, and we know with Mike Leach's system, like he's going to put up insane numbers. But I don't know how it will work as far as consistency week to week in the SEC against some of those defenses. I think the air raid will work against some, and it won't work against others. But I could easily see this Mississippi State team being like a nine-win team just because I think they're that talented and they bring back so much, uh, so much, you know. Experience. Yeah, I think so too. Now they do go at Alabama, uh, at LSU, at Mississippi, which is obviously a huge game, Egg Bowl, then the year. But uh, besides that, you know, schedule aside, I think they're going to have an up year as well. I do think Mike Leach has has finally sewn his way into the SEC. You know, they they rejected him at first, but I think he's finally part of it now. He knows how to win, but he's just going to get eaten up, I think, eventually in the schedule. Now, like you said, I think the ceiling, maybe nine wins or so, but I don't think they're going to be that team, double-digit wins or anything like that. Right. Well, and I mean, even like that's how good the SEC West is. The teams we're now getting to at the bottom I, I, yeah. are not bad teams. No. Like Auburn could be a disaster with like with everything that's going on with Brian Harson. He could be gone in October if it goes bad. <laughs> However, I feel like... Bet board. That's a bet board. That's a bet board. I got. An, uh, I still have another year to prove that he'll, Will, he'll get fired. Will has Brian Harson gone by the end of uh, next season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it went really bad for him, especially in the off season. They did like the whole investigation into him, tried to find an excuse to fire him. But even still, like last year, Auburn was like really tough. They almost beat Alabama, and so like th- they had some some moments. And I feel like maybe this year, with a lot of players transferring out, probably the guys that are left over are like the guys that are bought in. And so maybe things actually go good. They don't have a lot of starters back. They bring in the transfer quarterback from Florida, who I think is supposed to be the starter. Um, and so, like, it, nothing would shock me. If Auburn won eight games, I wouldn't be that surprised. I just don't think it's super likely, and I feel like there's a, a much higher likelihood that things go bad. And by week seven, you know, they get blown out by, by a good team, and Brian Harson gets canned. I disagree. I think that they're going to really give Penn State a run for their money at Auburn. Um, I, they may be underdogs in that game, but they could win that they one outright at home. Win that game. I think that's going to set the trajectory for the rest of the season. If, if they win that game, they're 4-0, top 25, all the momentum in the world, and then any, anything can happen in the SEC. As long as he wins three games or so in the SEC, that's seven, eight wins. That's enough to at least stay around, in my opinion, for another year. For sure. And by the way, according to Phil Steele, they have the number one hardest schedule in the country yeah. so i mean look at the you said it they could be four and four and oh if they beat uh penn state um and missouri for that and like missouri i think they'll probably win that game but you never really know but then <laughs> the schedule is lsu at georgia at mississippi arkansas at home at mississippi state texas a&m at home western kentucky at alabama jesus <laughs> so maybe they'll be four and oh and feeling good and then they could easily lose like five or six in a row or five out of six or something like that and all of a sudden shit is off the rails and harson's out i know but i just think they're going to be better than you do when i think maybe come week three or so we may have an opportunity to i just know will's gonna fade Auburn, no matter what the the, the line is i'm fading harson for sure yeah. that's that's what it is and and but the the team honestly even though i don't think they're, they're going to be very good that i'm most interested to see is lsu with brian kelly 
Um, I know they had, uh, you know, they had players transfer out when he came in. Uh, there's been maybe some issues when it comes to that kind of stuff, but like we've said it so many times, I think Brian Kelly is one of the best coaches in college football. I think that winning consistently, consistently like he did at Notre Dame is not easy. And now he's going to have like a, he's going to have access to better talent than he's ever had before at LSU. And so the future is certainly bright, but this year could, I mean, honestly, they could win like four games this year and, and it wouldn't surprise me just based off of, of the kind of the talent they're bringing back and maybe the lack of, of quarterback play. Not yeah. a great offensive line and uh, question marks at linebacker. I think it could be one of those feel it out years for Brian Kelly too. Yeah. I'm going to push back a little bit on that. Um, I, I just, ever since, Kelly got hired at LSU. I just, I don't see the fit there. Really, I, I, I don't. I, I think. Did you hear his his Southern accent though? I'm here with my family. Family, family. Uh, he, he turned family into a three syllable word. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I just don't think it's gonna go well. I, I, I hope it does. I like LSU. You know, I have no problem with uh, with with Brian Kelly. I just, I just don't think. I, I, I think that Kelly was a better fit in South Bend than he is Interesting. In, in LSU. I, I just think that the, 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 the type of athlete that they get at LSU, I just I just don't think them and, and Brian Kelly mesh. Dude, we are polar opposite here. I think in like four years, LSU is going to be right there behind Alabama. I, really? I believe that. I yeah. well, in the future of college football – what what I keep hearing is they're going to do like a NFC AFC thing with like thirty or so teams in each in each conference, and I think LSU if they're in the same as Alabama they're going to be right behind them every single season. I think they're going to be elite, man. Yeah, well, and My like stock is if, if they could just recruit well, which I think that he will do down there because to me he's never been like a players coach. He's never been like the right. kind of coach where his players are just like. I'm, you know, I love this guy so much. Like they love him because he's a good coach and gives them an opportunity. But I think that's where that's going to be his downfall. Interesting is because I think that the type of player that they get at Notre Dame is more of a kind of fallen line type. I see. I think like Ed O and um, and and Les Miles, right. Those are the type of player coaches that you need at LSU. Crazy, but guys. he might learn. You got to give him. He may. <laughs> that's he true. May, that's true. He I, may I, change his stripes. He's changed a lot. Remember when he used to just yeah, his face would get red. Yes, and he would scream I, at Cincinnati. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen him not red. I yeah. know. He's always mad. <laughs> but he's been chilling a little bit. I think he's been taking his CBD a little bit before games. I'm more <laughs> worried about the fact that like maybe he hasn't pulled together the staff he really wanted because like sure. he, he was trying hard to get some of the guys from Notre Dame to come with him and they really didn't. Yeah, and so I think it may take you know a couple of years for him to actually get the people he wants to get the the coordinators that he that he really wanted with him there that he had at Notre Dame because yeah, he had so true. much time to build that kind of staff that's true and it'll be interesting to see because we saw Miles Brennan actually quit football because apparently he was in the quarterback competition and he played a few games for LSU last year when um when Max Johnson wasn't playing and he was solid but it sounds like he lost a starting job and he quit he was just like I'm done with this mm. And so now the what most people think is that it's going to be Jaden Daniels, the transfer from Arizona State, who of course super good with his legs, maybe not quite as great of a passer, you know, accurate. He's yeah, he's solid, but like not not the type, type of guy who's ever going to take over a game. Sure. And so I'm interested to see how that breaks down. They still have so much talent there left over from what LSU was, but I think there's a lot of gaps in the roster, like like Tyler said, and yeah, the offensive line is a major concern, and. In the SEC West, like if that goes bad, yeah, like Jake Daniels trouble. might be running for his life. Yeah. And so I think that it could be a bad year, but I think that if the if he gets buy in from his players, 
I'm with Tyler. I I think by year four, LSU is is a monster. Honestly, okay. Put it on the bet board. Put it on the bet board. <laughs> we got to actually find a way to bet it if you want to do that. <laughs> but then we move to the SEC. You know I don't bet, Tyler. The SEC East, which is bet each- you twenty dollars, I can get you to make a bet by the end of the show. <laughs> No, the SEC East is is not nearly as deep, but to me, it's equally as exciting. Obviously, Georgia loses so much from last year. The, the reigning national champs, we haven't even talked about them yet. And even though they're only bringing back, I think like two or three starters on defense, they're so talent rich there from recruiting that I actually think the defense will still probably be a top ten defense in the country. They're not going to be what they were last year, which is like historic level number one. But I think their defense is going to be really good. And to me. Georgia has the best chance at at beating Alabama in the SEC championship game and going to the playoff. Nothing, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They bring back a lot of starters on offense, and they were actually a pretty good offense last year. It's just no one talked about it because the defense was so dominant. And yeah, they lose Dan Lanning, who is now the head coach at Oregon. But even still, like to me, this is the year where we see if Georgia, if Kirby Smart is building Georgia to, to try to be like Alabama, to where you can plug and play and reload. And I don't know if it's quite to that level yet, but this will be the year where we find out. Yeah, they have the softest schedule this side of Swiss cheese. Yeah. Oh, my God. this is Swiss cheese does have an easy schedule. <laughs> A lot of holes. You like that saying? I'm going to use it from now on. Um, this is nonsense. Oregon, Samford, not Oregon Stanford. might not be easy out of the shoot, though, Samford. with Dan Lanning being the head coach over there eh. just because you have familiarity, but hey. you never know. I mean, they're, they're going to be – what's the spread? What is it? Do we know? Um, I don't know if it's – yeah, I don't know. Let me look. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's gigantic. It's like 17 or so. Is it really? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, Oregon, for the audience, Samford uh, at South Carolina, Kent 16 State. 16 and a half. 16 yeah. and a half. Uh, Kent State at Missouri, Auburn, Vanderbilt by. They're yeah, going to be. So there should be seven and zero, oh, maybe six and one if something goes horribly wrong. I doubt it. Uh, Flo- exactly. Florida, Florida, always game. you know, large lar- world's largest uh, outdoor cocktail party. Gotta yep. love that. Uh, Tennessee win. At Tennessee's St- tough though. You know what? Tennessee's, We're going to get to them, yeah. and I agree with you there. At Mississippi State, at Kentucky, Georgia Tech. This is soft. As For sure. They should be on, and that's why I think their win total was 11, 11 and a half as well, right? Yeah, it's, and it's it because be. if, if they were in the SEC West, then maybe I, I'd still think they'd probably win like 10 games because that's how good they are, uh, and maybe more, but it wouldn't be, you're right. I mean, the schedule is a lot easier for them, but you said it. Tennessee is, is good. They're a team that I really like and I'm excited to watch this year. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, like bringing back Hendon, Hendon Hooker, who had a huge year last year. In fact, Tennessee would have been an even better. They were only seven and six last year. They lost some games early because Hendon Hooker wasn't the starter. They started Joe Milton, who was the Michigan transfer. And I can tell you as a Michigan fan, if, if, <laughs> if, if, uh, oh my, why am I blanking on, uh, Tennessee's head coach? Oh, uh, Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel. 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 Hi- the hype train. I was uh, won an half championship at, at Oklahoma as a player. Um, he, if he would have just asked me who should I start, I would have said stay away from Joe Milton. And if they would have started Hendon Hooker, that's probably a a nine win team okay. for for Tennessee. And they were by the end of the year, they were really good, especially on offense. And they're actually bringing back a ton of starters: eight on offense, seven on defense. And even though the defense wasn't super good last year, I think that you saw that in certain games, like they were there. They they almost beat Ole Miss. In fact, they were playing Georgia tough for like you know two quarters or three quarters or whatever, and that doesn't mean anything because it's a whole game. But to me, 
Tennessee is actually like a super dangerous team this year, and they're going to be super fun to watch, and their offense is incredible. Wasn't, wasn't that game against Old Miss the mustard game? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee fans got real mad because they did get kind of screwed. Or golf balls, And they balls started throwing too? all kinds of shit. Mustard yeah. bottles, yeah. golf balls, throwing shit at Lane Kiffin. And, like, yeah, their schedule... You know they had, they do have to play at Pitt week two, which won't be easy. We we've talked about that when we broke down the ACC that Pitt's probably going to be a good team. I think Tennessee's going to win that game. I'd be interested to see what that line is because if if Tennessee's a a road underdog in that game, I think I'd be all over it. Um, they get Florida at home, and then they they do have to play Alabama, which is the bummer. They pull Alabama from the SEC West, but they get them at home. They get Kentucky at home. At Georgia is obviously tough. Now I, I'm certainly not predicting them to win the SEC East. But to me, this Tennessee team could definitely win like nine or ten games, and it wouldn't. I I think that they're going to be really dangerous. So their over under for wins is seven and a half. I like the over there for sure. Yeah, yeah and, especially and if they win that pick game. I agree with you. By the end of the season, I think their offensive line will be near the top of the conference. They're they have really great receivers, real good skill positions, and yeah, Bruce uh, McCoy is a yeah, savage. I, I, I'm uh, definitely going to be watching the Vols and maybe taking them on this year. I think they're going to be undervalued the first couple of weeks. The only issue is I always get excited because I'm going to f- I find teams that I can potentially exploit, and they open up with like Ball State and, and Akron. So those are obviously going to be like 30 point spreads. A little tougher to take advantage of those than you know a, 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 like a BYU right where you're going to get a much closer spread. Right. Um. God, you know why? I always go Hupel. Well, why went Hupel there? Well, it looks I have, like it. I have written down in my uh, uh, business names. Now, this is a good one. Pupils. All right, this is pupils, and it's a it's a. What do you sell? Eyeballs? No, 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 on no. the nose. No, th- see that would be on the nose. <laughs> this is a mentor service. <laughs> Where you get pupils, pupils, pupils. Yeah, so you get paired with a mentor and a mentee. (laughs) So it's just sending out tutors. Yeah, it's like a mentor-mentee relationship. Pupils, pupils. Pupils, I like that. Or or it's just a, uh, it's like a um, optometrist tutor, like a tutoring company. Pupils, pupils. Yeah, there you go. That's another. That's a good one. (laughs) See, this again. We laugh, but it'll be a thing a year from now, like Bijan's Dijon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that. I think that Tennessee's going to be interesting. I, I got to think one for Hypel. Sorry, Will. The hype train. The hype house. Uh, that's, that's not. The hype house. Yeah, I mean, look, past Tennessee, I'm really interested, interested to see how Florida compares to a team like Kentucky because Kentucky was really good last year. Now, their star running back, Chris Rodriguez, uh, he got, I believe, a DUI in the offseason, and the rumor is that he's going to be suspended for like the first three or four games of the year. I think that's going to matter. I think that Kentucky, even though – I've been uh, uh, pounding my fists for them over the last couple of years of how like stingy and how good their defense is and how I think Mark Stoops is doing a great job. I think they take a step back from from a 10-win team last year. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you're going out on a limb there, Will. But like Florida, I don't know what Florida is. They were 6-7 and seven last year, and they're really bad, obviously, and now they bring in Billy Napier. And to me, I could see Florida going... Six and seven again, and I could see them maybe winning nine games just based off their schedule and and the talent they have. And I'm actually really interested to see how you know how Billy Napier does there at Florida. And actually, I mentioned Billy Napier. I wanted to bring this up because I saw this got posted last week. Um, the so this is incredible. Alabama's coaching staff in 2015 had the following people on it. Disgusting. Obviously, Nick Saban's the head coach. The offensive coordinator was Lane Kiffin, now the head coach at Ole Miss. <laughs> the defensive coordinator was Kirby Smart, national championship coach at Georgia. The defensive back coach was Mel Tucker. 
the wide receivers coach was Billy Napier, now the head coach at Florida, and the offensive line coach was Mario Cristobal, now the head coach at Miami. That's the most absurd staff ever. I, I, I mean, it's incredible, honestly. Yeah, the tree. The tree is strong. It's like, uh, it's like a tree on uh, Avatar. You know, yeah, that movie. It brings life, yeah. Yeah, it's like that that's what Nick Saban's coaching tree is. Well, where where would you rank like Florida versus Kentucky kind of where like Would I rank it, the Avatar tree on all trees <laughs> in movies? Where would you rank it goes Avatar, Avatar tree, as far Pixar as, tree, yeah. as as highest grossing movies? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean like James uh, and the Giant Peach. Is Tennessee Oh, that's a good one. Is Tennessee <laughs> the uh, the giving tree? Um is Tennessee <laughs> your second favorite Jack of the Beanstalk? Your Sorry. second best team? <laughs> Um, in the SEC East, is that where you would rank them, Tennessee, like behind Georgia, as far as your rankings go? I do believe so. I I, I don't have my uh, power ratings in front of me. I don't believe. Okay, I should have grabbed. What those. are we doing here? I actually do have them in front of me. Okay, all right. Can we? So, what are you asking here? Yeah, how would you rank the SEC East? Like, uh, uh, is Tennessee second, or and then Georgia is first? Uh, yes, Tennessee's second. Do you go Kentucky over Florida, or Florida over Kentucky? Uh, I go Kentucky over Florida right, right. now. Yeah. Right now, I got Kentucky over Florida. Well, they have LSU is right behind them too. Well, but that's SEC West. But still, yes. I no, go, but I'm I just letting you know that we were talking about them being like way down there. Right. And they're it, still not way down. So there. you, th- you see just like LSU being SEC. better than maybe the expectations. Yeah, I see. Like to to give it comparable to another conference, just as as like a reference point for any for everyone out there. Uh, I've got LSU comparable with. Let's see here. Probably like a. a, a Texas right now. Interesting. They, they would be pick LSU em. with Texas? Yeah, they would be around wow. to pick them on, on a neutral field. I would take Texas all day in that matchup. You know what, week, actually? Week one. I got Texas. Well, I'm trying to find a good matchup. Texas maybe would be minus two. Would you still take Texas a minus two? Yeah, I would. At least yeah. week one. I, we need to see what Brian Kelly brings to the table at LSU in, in, in But that's like one, a comparable but. example. But, but I think that... I, I may be a little higher than everyone else in LSU, so we'll see. Okay, yeah, we but will again, see. my computer just gives that to me, and I just tell you guys. So sometimes, you know, maybe there needs to be a little things here, or there. Or, but also, Tyler's living I, in the uh, the the metaverse. I am living he's, in the metaverse. He's getting high on his own supply. Yeah, I know. Well, the way I approach <laughs> things sometimes, though, and I don't know if we'll mention it for the new audience. I am a, a professional sports better. That's like my role on this show to bring that angle. And uh, sometimes, you know. I have to put my own opinions aside. I often put my own opinions aside. Yeah. And I see what the numbers say. And I see what the numbers tell me. And then that will often craft my opinion for the show, right? So right. if I see a, a, discre- a discrepancy in the numbers, then you know I may look in and say, okay, well, it'll be the offensive line or so-and-so, the matchups on the outside. But the origin of everything that I do and bet and pick is, is just straight from the numbers and, and my computer. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, any other points you wanted to make on the SEC? I mean, ultimately, I think we're probably all on the same page. Vanderbilt's we're, back. We're picking, we're picking <laughs> Vanderbilt versus LSU in the SEC championship game. No, Alabama versus Georgia. And ultimately, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually just really interested to see how Georgia looks yeah. after losing all that talent to the NFL. Can they kind of repeat? Um, I think but, they're going to lose a shocker game this year. One of, one of those, like, uh, games their 17-point favorite should win it. They're going to overlook it. I can't wait Georgia to... Georgia uh, shocker. To, all right, so uh, before we get to our, our Week Zero game breakdowns, we got to finish the Final Four of our, our tailgate food bracket. Yes. Now, here's what we have. Uh, to recap from last week, Here, these are the four tailgate foods that remain from our 16-team bracket. The one seed is burgers. The four seed is chili. So we got one versus four in the west bracket. In the east bracket, <laughs> we have brats slash sausage at the seven seed. 
um, versus Wings at as, as the three seed. Okay, that is a good East and West though. Yeah, yeah. East <laughs> <and> West. <laughs> nice job. Exactly. Now uh, we might as well start with the uh, the the West burgers versus chili. You start, Will. You take it. You take the lead here. I, I I'm going burgers from what we talked about last year. Even though I I love a good chili, the the ease of use, the the fact that you can just munch right into it without silverware, uh, potentially without even a plate. I like that more. I love, especially if you have some good toppings on there. But even still, like if you just get a plain shit burger with like just ketchup on it and it's no fine. toppings and cheese, it's delicious mm-hmm. still. So I'm going with burgers. I'm going to go chili. And wow. I hates America. The, the reason, no, no, no. <laughs> there may not be anything more American than chili. Okay. You go to mm. some good tailgates, especially in Texas. Texas has some solid, solid chili, even though I know it's a, a sin for, for you Texans down there. I like going beans in my chili. Like, I, oh, of course. When I'm at the store, I, I, you got, gotta I get have the chili with beans. Chili. Yeah, but Texans say you put beans in chili, it makes it not chili anymore. They what? don't. You what do they know put this? in their chili then? Not beans. I it's like chili it's, has it's a mixture to have beans. No, 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 no. I heard, uh, no, no. Texans do not do beans in chili. They don't. It's a it's a thing. And they say the reason, the origin of this, because I looked it up too and I heard it. The Texas, origin is. I Googled it. It the, does the, not contain beans or tomato sauce. So then what the fuck is in it? it what are you it, doing, Texans? You're slow roasting it with, with, with uh, well, it may not. Meat in a th- and, and, and a and thick a, and flavored chili paste made from dried peppers. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and, and the judges in the early chili contest would say the beans are so overwhelming they would mask the flavor of the chili. No, you got to so, have beans. Okay. I, I agree, though. I'm, I agree, I, though. I'm sure I there's some good chili. Texas chilies out there, yeah. but if you're giving me the choice, then I'm going with beans. So I had to say that. I'm sure they're, you know, you got to put that out there. But I love chili for a couple of reasons. One, if it's done the right way, it's it may be my favorite item at a tailgate, uh, hands down. So I just love chili as is. You can do a lot with chili like you can do with a burger. You can put onions on top, cheese sure. on top. You can put some some jalapenos on there. You can crackers, it's, it's very crumble versatile. some crackers in oh, there. Oh, I love to crumble a cracker. Mm-hmm. And, little uh, oyster cracker. Yeah, oh, exactly. Some saltines. Oh, Cornbread. Oh, God. Oh, see? So <laughs> you can do a lot with tortillas. And That's right. My, one of my overwhelming reasons is this is the tailgate food. What does chili represent? Cold weather. What does cold weather usually represent? Mm. Big time, serious, me- me- meaningful football. Not so, SEC. Hey, it, it, it gets, just means more, and it's it warm. Gets me, it gets <laughs> bone chilling down there in January in SEC country when we're, we're in the playoffs. So bone chilling, indeed. I vote for chili. Will votes for burgers. Uh, burgers. Ryan, tiebreaker. You had to put me in this position, didn't you? <laughs> so I'm really torn on this one. Um, I love burgers. Talk through it. What do you think? I love chili. Um, gosh, man, this, this this is hard, but I'm going to go. I feel like you're making the decision right now on the spot. You don't know right now. Can I guess? Sure. I think he's picking chili. I am. Oh my oh, god! So I'm wow. going chili. Listen, burgers listen, go and, down. And here's, I, I was I was kind of picking it on the spot, but listen. So here here's why is I have burgers all the time. Chili's like mm. a treat. It kind of is. You yeah. know, yeah. Like, like when I see chili, I don't care if it's hot or cold. I'll take chili cold. all day. I don't want okay. cold chili. No, no, no. Weather. Oh, I don't want. I don't want. <laughs> I was like, what, what are we talking either? about here? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm going chili again. Versatile. You can put. I mean, wow. You can what? put chicken. You can put turkey, beef. So so when you have to the go grocery store, but win. these these also need, it also needs beans though. I, I don't don't come at me with this no beans nonsense. So when you go grocery store, like when you're in a bind, do you go stag, hormel, or wolf? I make my own, dude. Yeah, you uh, buy your you own. Know, when, you, when you're in a bind, see, you can't always make your own. Sometimes, like after a late. Okay, show. listen. So so I'll give you my chili recipe right here. Okay. This is exclusive, and it's very easy, very simple. 
You get a tune in, people. You get a packet of chili hey, seasoning. This is frying Ryan. That's what he's here for. Packet of chili seasoning. A jar of Oh, I make my own chili seasoning. Of, oh, come on. Pe- no, I make my own chili. I don't make the seasoning. I don't got that kind of time. Hey, I'll I'll give you my recipe on the fridge. I that's literally a thing. All right. So yeah. so like I said. <laughs> I had to. I had chi- to. Chi- chili seasoning mix. Paste picante salsa, hot or mild, depending on your uh hot. You gotta go hot. Yeah, gotta yeah, go hot. You gotta I go, go hot, hot for sure. And then you do a can of uh black beans, kidney beans, and uh hot chili pinto beans. And then you fill up the jar of picante sauce with water, mm. pour that in, boom. See, that's Crock why Ryan was so offended by the beans. You go three bean combo. I go three oh, yeah, bean combo. Gotta, okay. gotta go. Oh, okay. oh I, I'm sorry. I usually go ground turkey as well. Okay. For okay. The meat. okay. Oh, wow. You just okay. lost me there. I mean, look, I love turkey, but to me, it's got to have beef or pork in it if I'm... <laughs> Is there really any difference between ground turkey and ground beef? Yes. Can you oh, taste the sure. difference? Yes. Oh. You can absolutely taste the difference. Oh. I can't. You no, absolutely can. can but know. whatever. I've never respect- had ground turkey. Look, I respect... But yeah, put ground beef in it. Sure. I respect democracy, and so uh, chili wins, despite, you know... That's the how fact this works. That I, I think yeah. burgers got a, a real bad rap. I'll, I'll bang the table for the mallet. Yeah, it's done. Now, in the, in the east bracket, where the real... I mean, this is the real... Again, it just means more on the east side. Uh, we have brats uh, and sausage, or really just brats, in my opinion, versus wings. And this one, again, I mean, so tough. So tough. <laughs> it's the final four. If I'm course. sitting in a restaurant and those are my options, I'm picking wings every time. Me but too. again, I'm going with the convenience of a tailgate. And I wow. think a brat is the most, I, to me, a brat is the classic tailgate food. And even though I think I like wings more in general, I'm putting myself in the mode of like, I'm at a tailgate. I got a beer in one hand. I have to eat with one hand you know, uh, you know, or with the other hand. And to me, a brat is so simple. You can put down two or three of them, potentially. I'm going with brats. I'm going wings. Okay, so Ryan, <laughs> it's going to come down to you again. But the reason why I'm going wings is it was close. Okay, now here's the diff. Here was the thing keeping me really on the edge for a while is... Messy face. If well, that actually that not as much. You're at a football game, right? Football game, it's not as messy face. I'm engaged now. I don't care how I look. When I'd go single, you're trying to maybe meet someone. It's different. I don't care now. So it's that. That's out the window. So you you don't go ever like looking. Maybe maybe you're single. We're watching the game at the game. Well, tailgate time. We're talking tailgates. Oh right. Right. That's what this is all about. The tailgate. Right. We're throwing the. I tailgate in. with my family, so that so, would be weird. <laughs> but. The issue it the issue was I was gonna go wings all day, but wings can be iffy. There's a lot of people who don't know how to do a good wing. That's exactly. true. If they're like soggy, brats, brats, it's you. You could be your first day on the grill. You can give it to to, to the 16 year old who yep. drew, hey say hey hey mind the grill, hold the grill. Propane charcoal. You can't really mess up a brat. And if anything, if, even if they overcook it a little bit, I like a crispy little brat. Yeah, sure. I love can, a crispy you, brat. They can be burnt and still wings taste good. are tough to do well. Not tough, but they're tougher to do well for the average grill master. Now here's the thing. Usually at a tailgate, if, if I'm at a tailgate, I trust the cook. So that's, it's typically not a big issue. If I go to a tailgate with Ryan, he says he's making wings, I know they're going to be good wings. So right. usually not that big of an issue, but that was the one thing keeping me from on the fence for a little bit, but I got to go wings. You can do wings a whole bunch of different ways. You can do barbecue, spicy, a bunch of different spicy flavors, sure. a little sweet Asian sauce, the dry rubs. I go for flats and the... And the uh, Drumstick. Uh, the drumsticks. So I just love wings. They're, they're my favorites. I love them at a uh, tailgate. So, Sweetie. Ryan, it's up to you. Brats oh, or again. a tiebreaker. Yeah. Thanks a lot, yeah. guys. Um, I'm actually going brats in this one. Woo! <laughs> wow. Um, I'd rather have – I've just had too many bad chicken wings. And, again, when you're going to a tailgate, you got to make a lot of whatever it is. And usually when you have to make a lot of wings, they're undercooked. 
and nothing worse than... Or they're small and flimsy, and their tiny little wings look like... Yeah. All I'm saying is I'd rather have a burnt brat than an undercooked wing, and I think you get more undercooked wings than you do burnt brats. Well, well, I take that personally. I do, and I'm going <laughs> to think about that one for a while, but... Uh, Chili versus brats in the championship next yeah, week. That's I mean, that's uh that's quite the matchup. That is. I'd like to take a brat with the bun and just kind of dunk it in yeah. my chili. That sounds <laughs> delicious. Yeah. Or a chili a dog, chili brat. basically. Yeah, yeah chili it is. I haven't eaten a chili dog since I was seven years old. Because oh, when delicious. I was seven years old, I was in Las Vegas. Oh, I think I've heard this story. Las before. Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> At the uh, Flamingo uh, uh, Pool, the Flamingo Hilton Pool. Mm-hmm. I think it, at the time it was called the Flamingo Hilton. It's just a fl- uh, Flamingo now. I had a chili dog, and I got sick. I threw up. And for some reason, my weird brain, I haven't had one since. I haven't... Well, you can't like get the one from the Sonic, right? Because that's disgusting. But if you go to like a good place, like an actual place that does dogs or something like that, actually, a chili dog is delicious. It was the, the Flamingo Pool. I can't... I don't know, but I still haven't had one since, and it's been... Years have been decades. Had a yep. similar experience with green peppers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When, when, how old were you? Oh, probably same age. Isn't that weird? How that I had happens? had green peppers on a pizza and got sick. And bad experience. That's how I'm with Jaeger. No Ooh, I had a bad oh. night on Jaeger. Well, Jaeger's just disgusting. Oh, Ooh, I drank yeah. so much Gross. Jaeger one night, and I can't, even if I smell it, I just start to. Uh, all right. Before we get into our week zero game breakdowns, Tyler, uh, talk a little bit about BetUS. Bet you well, I actually wrote a song. Should I sing my Bet US song? Nah, no. No, okay. I think oh, let's just talk about well, it. Let's just do a read then. Uh, Bet US, great friend of the show. And uh, I always recommend signing up with as many sports books as possible. Football's right around the corner. You want to go shop around and find the best lines. Now, as we'll talk about in a minute, one of my best bets that I gave out a couple weeks ago has unfortunately moved. Okay, so we'll talk about buying lines at the right price. If you want to always do that, shop at Bet US. They often have the price that we're giving out, best price, and you can play the casino. You can play a little blackjack, little craps, uh, entertainment bets. You can bet on TV shows and, and award shows. It's so much fun with BetUS. And if you sign up, use promo code TAILGATE, uh, you get a nice uh, deposit bonus. But what I recommend doing, as I always say, don't take the initial deposit bonus. There's a, a too big of a rollover that most people are, aren't comfortable with. It's like a 20, 25 times rollover. Put in 50 bucks. Get an email the week later, use that rollover, and you'll be involved with BetUS. It's just a good website, good sports book that I recommend. BetUS.com, promo code TAILGATE, and start betting uh, today. Sweet. Okay, so we got five games to, uh, to break down here uh, for week zero. Some are uh, some big matchups, some are not, frankly. All so, right. Uh, first up, we got, uh, frankly, the biggest matchup of the weekend Nebraska playing Northwestern. This game is being played in Dublin, Ireland. So that's oh, why they're day. that's why these two teams are playing week zero so they can take week one off and and get over the jet lag. So the Huskers thirteen point favorites right now versus Northwestern. Um, I'm really interested in seeing you know a, a Big Ten matchup right out of the shoot. These were two teams that were both three and nine last year, but very different three and nine teams. We're so going. Tyler, I, I I'm very interested to hear your your breakdown here. I know it's probably only going to take about you know ten fifteen minutes to go over to this week's games. There's not that many to go over and many that we have to break down, but. I'm excited right now. I for feel sure. like it's like game day oh, for us. I feel like so we're good. back, but I feel like the bed board. It's like week, we're back. It's like week one of the bed board. It's we're good. back. I'm excited. Um, I like uh, Northwestern in this game. Plus 13. And the reason is the line opened like seven or eight, by the way, right? It's climbing it's up, 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 up. And what you're seeing is it's evened out at 13. So here's what happened. Just to let everyone know what the line opened up at seven, got hammered by the pros all the way up to 13. And but the sports books know this. The limits are low, like 500 bucks, thousand bucks. So they don't get killed. A lot of people are like, oh, sports books suck they open up these prices they don't worry about it they open up the the pros tell them the real prices and then it gets knocked into place so what happened was it went to 13 
and a couple of sports books tried to move it to 13 and a half to get action and it just gets attacked. It gets bombarded at 13 and a half. So it's gone up for like 15 minutes at 13 and a half in a couple of different places and come right back down. So it's settled in at 13. It may move once the lines open back up and, and they'll take $50,000 bets. You know, that may, well, maybe $10,000 bets at some places. But my point is, there's another evolution to the line coming up, but right now 13 is solid. So either yeah. way, um, even though it opened up at seven, I think 13, I would play uh, Northwestern. Okay. I believe Nebraska is going to be a much better team. They killed it in the transfer portal and they had a lot of close losses last year. And as we've talked about, close losses are usually an indication of close games. They should go 50, 50 Nebraska lost like all of them last year. Right. right. So that should even itself out. And they finished 20th in the country in either offensive yards per game or passing yards per game. But my point here with Nebraska is expect a much improved team. Okay, We can see that from the over-under. We, we, we know that. There's a reason why they're minus 13 here. Yep. But it's going to take a while, in my opinion, for them to really hit their stride. A lot of these players are brand new. They've had practice time, but not that much practice time. One of the things he's said in his press conferences is, you know, I just hope that we are getting the playbook right. I hope we're doing the right thing. He's had to draw back a lot of what he's wanted to do just to get these guys ready for week one. So uh, Northwestern, I think, is going to be ready to go defensively. Okay, the, the, These are two teams who kind of mirror each other because Northwestern, last year, a top 50 defensive team. You know, you look at some advanced metrics, and I actually like how they start the season. Going back, Pat Fitzgerald, week one every year, they have an EPA collectively with their defensive players at about a 10% increase from what they should. So what that means is EPA expected points added. Offensively and defensively, that that sums up to usually how many points you should score in a game. Okay? Yeah. And Northwestern seems to always just overperform early in the season defensively. For those reasons, I could see Nebraska winning this game. I just think 13 is too big of a number. So I'll take Northwestern plus 13. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, this game being an island makes it kind of fascinating because Orient. it's not just it's not just a neutral site. It's like a totally foreign environment, literally, for, for both teams involved. And what I look at last year, and I know you mentioned especially that Northwestern is good on defense early on in the year. Um, these were two; they both won three nine. Two very different teams. Nebraska won this game fifty six to seven last year, and yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska is a different team, right? They bring they have a new offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, who comes over from Pitt. They have the new the transfer quarterback Casey Thompson from Texas, who I think even though he doesn't have maybe the 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 run the running athleticism skills that. Uh, that Adrian Martinez does. He's much better through the air. And so I think that that could be an interesting thing too where Pat Fitzgerald, you know, hasn't seen Mark Whipple's offense in person yet. And that could be an advantage potentially for Nebraska. Um, Northwestern's offense was just so bad last year and I don't expect them to be much better. They only scored more than 14 points against Big Ten opponents twice last year. Once was in the very first week against Michigan State uh, and and the, the next time they did it, I think it was like week eight and they scored 21. So they had a really low scoring offense and I don't see this as being like a a big defensive like low scoring game. I think that Nebraska will find ways to score. Um, you know, I don't like putting my faith in in either team really right now. I'll tell you what scares me. Pat Fitzgerald, that's an Irish name. If he's going back to the motherland, you're going to have a bunch of Irish Catholics in Chicago praying on the rosaries for uh, Northwestern. But I'm willing to make this the first bet board game of the year, the first official season bet board game. I'm going to take Nebraska minus 13. All right, we got a bet board game. Love it. Uh, we, we move on. Nevada at New Mexico State. I mean, wow. Kind of a turd bowl. 
two teams with not a lot of starters <laughs> coming back. Nevada wasn't bad last year. New Mexico State was terrible, but neither teams bring back a lot of starters. Uh, it's at New Mexico State. Nevada right now a nine-point favorite. Um, if you're, I just can't imagine betting New Mexico State under any scenario ever, Tyler. So try to convince me to not pick Nevada minus minus nine here. Uh, no, this is one of my least favorite ones that you sent on the on the board. I hate it. <laughs> I, it's a new coach at each school, yep. brand new system. Jerry Kill hasn't led a team in a very long time. I'm glad he's back coaching, and I'm glad he's kind of back in the reins. Remember, he he had that cancer scare a while ago. Right. Got back into coaching the last few years at TCU, so he's yep. been around some good programs, but. I just don't trust New Mexico State, who's won like two games for you know for yeah, the last five years, terrible. whatever it is. The Lobos and Nevada, brand new year, rebuilding, new coach. Last year when they won eight games, that was drastically underachieving. If they win eight this year, they're going to throw a party in Nevada. So for I don't sure. have a big uh, uh, opinion on that game. Pass. Okay, pass. How about the battle for Texas, North Texas, a pick'em game at UTEP. UTEP, not a bad team last year, actually. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty tough. The Miners. Um, the Miners. Mm-hmm. And for them to get AKA, this game... Uh, well, that's a bad joke. Should I go there? Uh, week zero. Should I already go there this season? I mean, I, I think no. we all know you, you, the, the, you, 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 you hinted too much, Tyler. Yeah, I did. We I'm know not, where it's going, going with a yeah. Miners joke. It was going to be an Epstein joke. Not a, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah no. anyway, I won't say it. Uh, I won't U- say it. The UTEP Miners at home. For this to be a pick'em game, uh, playing at home against North Texas, when I actually think UTEP... Is is kind of a a fun team, and they were they were pretty good last year. I like taking the miners here at, as an at home pick'em game. Uh, I don't see enough out of North Texas to to put faith in them getting an upset here. Tyler, what do you think? Now I'm leaning North Texas, but I don't like it enough to make it a bet board game. I just have contradicting information here from my point of view. Uh, like I said, I'm leaning North Texas, but. Well, because they're bringing back a lot of production. I mean, especially on offense, they will move the football, they will score. But their coach Seth Luttrell, he's zero and five in bowl games, and they do not start fast in the season tr- traditionally. So I don't trust him with extra time. It's not like you know the fact that they open up with a conference game, which isn't usual for these teams. Right. I don't think it's going to help North Texas for those reasons. If this were middle of the season and it were the same line, I would feel much differently. Okay, because UTEP now can't have an advantage with their prep. I think the prep is what giving is giving UTEP the slight slight edge here in 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 the market. But uh UTEP bringing their their quarterback Gavin Harrison, one of the best defenses honestly in Coverage USA, but uh they're losing a lot. You know, they lost at wide receiver they lost a ton of wide receiver. Um they've lost 5 of the last 7 games also against North Texas. So the Main Green just match up really well. The Main Green against uh uh, UTEP. So okay. I did lean North Texas just for anyone. You're just out not there, willing to make it a bet board. I'm huh? not making it a bet board game. And just to go over some numbers quickly, I've got them right here. My my picks total that I like because I would have made Northwestern a pick. Like I said, I like them minus uh, plus thirteen, regardless of will or whether Will liked it or not. So my total picks on the show that I have are one nineteen seventy nine and five. That's just above sixty percent. But the bet board games that we've bet together, right? It's sixty eight forty six and two. So obviously about half the games, but um, I wanted to make it a point that the the Northwestern game is going to get added on my best bets. The, right. This one is just a lean. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I like UTEP there, so let's go Miners. Let's roll. Uh, next up, Vanderbilt, the great Vandy uh, Commodores, right? They're the Commodores, right? Uh, Correct. Yeah. 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 Uh, of course. At Hawaii, I mean, wow. Talk about a, an opening road game uh, for Vanderbilt to go all the way at Hawaii. <laughs> 
They open Will up pull day at Jimmy Vollmer. I'm I mean, taking wow. Hawaii. They put they open up two and a half point favorites. It's all the way up to eight. <laughs> I love Hawaii plus eight right here. To me, Hawaii that's all day. That baby. is a, a bit of a trap game. I know that Clark Lee thinks you two that, are just making me want to take it based on YouTube being so excited about this line. <laughs> Dude, it makes it, me want to naturally. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I would have liked Hawaii at two and a half. Yeah, I'm not probably your argument will. But, You're not but, sounding that, that, that. That's such a tough week zero game to go all the way to Hawaii. I, you yeah. give me two and a half. Uh, no, I'm not going to give you two and a half. <laughs> okay. uh, I'll, I'll give you eight. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, uh, I, all I'm saying is that I, Hawaii traditionally has played, they played much better at home because it's, that is a lot of travel involved. And I know, I'm sure that with it being week zero, they can get out there a little bit early and hope we get more adjusted to the time. But ultimately, Vandy's a terrible team in Hawaii even though they're not an SEC team, you know they've been successful, and I think that they're really good on their home field when they pull in teams that aren't used to that kind of travel. And so, especially with this line moving all the way up to eight, I like Hawaii plus yeah. eight. Okay, so just to be transparent, going into the show, I was like, nah, that's a, that's a pass. You know, I don't think much of it. You two are <laughs> kind of sucked you in. You, you, you kind of have some bet board. Yeah, I want to go against you. Yeah, bet board. I, I, I don't. Any any time. Any, well, no, hold on. It's not a bet board game oh, yet. Sorry. But anytime this no, happens, I like to. This is again, I, I like can't to take back talk the about ching. this stuff. <laughs> I, anytime the public generally thinks one line looks so hor- horrifically wrong, I just be, like to bet the other side. Just naturally. Are you whenever saying Smitty and I are squares? When, yes. Whenever <laughs> I hear Scott Van Pelt no. or someone say, oh, how can it be three? It should be, you know, 10 or Van something. Pelt's it's like a lot sharper than the public. Actually, yeah. Van Pelt was a bad example. He is pretty sharp. Yeah, Van, uh, Van Pelt knows what he's doing. sharper than the average bear. But, he's got friends in the desert. But my point <laughs> is that, that you guys are bringing me onto this. Now, the whole Hawaii thing throws a wrench in this, right? Sure. And this line has also evened out, so I'm not getting much value at 11, did you say? No, it's at 8. At 8? Uh, I'm mixing this up with the... Uh, with anyway, the Wyoming game. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah it's 8. But um, here's why I don't like Hawaii at all, even at home. First-year head coach, Timmy Chang, who is their all-time leader in passing, but hiring from within an ex-quarterback... Doesn't player, usually, though. Come on, fire it up. Player, doesn't usually go well. I don't think it's going to go well for Hawaii. Uh, a lot of distractions in the offseason. Todd Graham stepped down. It's just been messy over there behind the scenes. Also, they lost 34 Letterman. Okay, sometimes we talk about starters coming back, how important that is. They lost 34 Letterman. That's one of the biggest dents in the in the Mountain West. But uh, And they're only bringing back two official starters on defense. Okay, So they're going to give up a lot. And Vanderbilt is expected to move the football. I think Vanderbilt, as long as they're not affected by Hawaii in the time, which is saying a lot, and it's tough to predict that, I actually like Vanderbilt with this. You too many Mai Tais, too. Yeah, but Vanderbilt <laughs> is only 4-4 four and four against Mountain West teams. It's that island living. Um, so it's not like, you know, they're SEC, island so boys. they get in front of them and, and they automatically win. So they're going to be favored one of the few times this year in this game. I think they take advantage of that, but... Let's I, make I, it a bet board. No, I mean, look, I'm not just going to make it a bet board. Let's make for, it a bet board. Uh, no. Why don't no. you just make it a bet board? Sorry about the premature ching. I mean, yeah. Once the ching happens, I think it should count. That, that's my personal. <laughs> yeah. That's my fault. Give Ryan my entire bet board in his hands. All right, it's not a bet board. No, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I will you give me seven? If you give me seven, well, let's have some fun for the audience. I'll make it a bet board at seven. I legit will. You said you take no, it. No, I mean, and look, you. I'll I've, take it at two and a half. I, no, 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 no. I said, said I liked he, he it at two and, and a half, and, and because I like just Hawaii with the ups, the home upset on their home turf. Um, but 
Yeah, no, I mean, I've learned too much from you being a professional gambler and know not to just give you a point like that between eight and seven. That, that matters. Unfortunately, I've, I've learned things from you, Tyler. So, you know, you can't expect to dole out knowledge and have me not use it every once in a while. No, so fair, fair enough. I'm the staying with Hawaii. The becomes the master. The Hawaii, <laughs> Hawaii plus eight. Moving on, the last game uh, that we have here. Actually, you may have a couple other picks to give out too, but... Well, I just wanted to give everyone uh, my best bet that's still available. Okay, cool. And I'll quickly breeze through the one I gave out two weeks ago. Uh, Wyoming at Illinois. Wyoming plus 11 points you're going at Illinois I have a bet this game okay yeah I mean look these are interesting teams to me because Wyoming is actually a team that I feel like is usually pretty tough but last year they really disappointed me in a lot of games where I picked against them and Illinois I don't know what the hell Illinois is like I know Brett Bielema has his moments but they never seem to get their their shit together um I I'm so torn on picking either team here Tyler I may just go opposite of whatever you pick so let's hear what what your what your pick is <laughs> those always go well for you <laughs> um, uh, so I am picking uh Illinois he's going with the Illini yeah with the points mm. and uh what is, what is the current spread on this 11 points that's what I have Illinois as well. minus 11 yeah that's why I was going yeah so uh, I like Illinois minus 11 Wyoming loses too much for me to feel comfortable. And I just, there, there's contradicting things here. You get a team, obviously bad last year. I'm not betting them because they were bad last year. As a matter of fact, I like to bet on teams who were bad last year. It's because they were bad last year and they're losing every positive thing they had last year. Also, Illinois is improving in a lot of ways. So I'll talk about that in a second. Wyoming losing both their quarterbacks, both who played last year, and uh, both who had great success. None of them come back. Lost their only th- uh, thousand yard rusher. Next guy had like uh, I think three four hundred. Top two receivers gone. Three best offensive linemen gone. On defense, lop- lose ten of their top twelve tacklers, and they weren't even good that la- that good last year. So you may make the argument, yeah, you're refreshing, refreshing with a bunch of inexperienced guys and transfers from very very bad schools. Uh, they also lost four key players very late in the transfer portal, including two starters on the defensive line. Um, 14 out overall. Lost 14 starters overall, or lost 14 players overall to the transfer portal. One of the worst in, in college football. Wow. Illinois, on the other hand, does have a couple offensive linemen that transferred in, but I have no doubt that Bielema will have them ready. If there's one uh, position group that Brett Bielema can at least get ready that they're not totally experienced and ready and, and have experience with that team, it's offensive line. Right. Um, so I think they're also going to be improved with the run game. And a lot of advanced metrics last year had them fifth, sixth, seventh in the Big Ten at rushing. I think they can leap up to like third, fourth, fifth in that range this year for, for a rush attack mm. and, and be much better on the ground. And they should be much more stable this year offensively. Like I said, running the ball, yes, but they'll be able to pass the ball as well. For sure, I see them jumping up tremendously, being, being able to uh, throw the football. So uh, defensively is really where I like Illinois stifling Wyoming this game. I also lean Wyoming team total under um, we'll get to that maybe, uh, you know, if you want to follow the Twitter account, maybe I could post something cause that's not out yet on a lot of websites, but, um, that to me is a handicap for this game is Illinois. Yeah. They're going to run the football. It's tough to cover an 11 point spread too, when you're primarily running the ball, but I think their defense is going to have a, a big game. Keep in mind the last 10 seasons before Brett Bielema took over, they averaged giving up 30 a game last year. They turned that to 21 a game. That's one of the biggest flips. As a matter of fact, statistically, that's the biggest defensive improvement from one year to the to the next since Clemson, 2010 to 2011, had that huge defensive jump. Mm. I mean, we're talking a long time. Nine so points the, is a lot. That is not 
coincidence. Brett Bielema is stressing defense. I think he's learned over his career that that's how you have to win games in college football, the way he plays. So all that together, Illinois is way underrated early early in the season, and they're going to have to have a good start because they got a tough Big Ten schedule. This is a game they're going to not overlook by any means. That's one thing I'm afraid of in these early games. And you got some Mountain West team coming, you win, you get out. They're going to want to make a point here. And so uh, I like Illinois minus uh, the 11. Mm. He yeah. said he's going the other way no, no matter what. I said I may. Uh, I said I may. And you made a lot of good points. You know, what I would say is that typically when a tribes go against Cowboys, it doesn't go great for the tribes. <laughs> oh, but no, I, I look I yes. not not enough to I pick like Wyoming analysis. here. What if, are you talking about, Will? If you if you had picked uh strictly football. If you had yeah, picked exactly. if you had picked uh Wyoming, I may have gone Illinois. But no, I mean you do make a lot of good points and you're right. Illinois, they're gonna they're gonna want to run the ball, and it does concern me that, that Wyoming hasn't been. I mean, didn't Wyoming lose to like fucking UConn last year or something? They've been disappointing me a lot, so I'm not willing to uh, to make it a bet board. So I'm gonna go with the Illini as well. Okay, cool. Your uh, best bet. Yeah, my best bet's a couple more to add here. Well, one that I gave away a few weeks ago that's not available anymore. Um, I gave out UConn plus twenty eight. They they play a Utah State uh, this week, so if it goes back to twenty eight, I do like Utah. Or uh, excuse me, I do like. Uh, uh, UConn. UConn, thank you. A lot of U's there. I'm not used to betting on UConn that much. <laughs> but uh, uh, Jim Mora is their new coach. And there's been yes, so much change. I know that's kind of a weird name in college football. He's had an up-and-down career. Not a guy a lot of people like to bet on. But there's so much going on within that program. So much positivity that this is not the same team at all. We got a whole, a whole bunch of new faces, you know, anyway. But new feel, new program, that means a lot. Some of these cultures stick around. They don't change. You know, that's why I think you guys said what you said about Vanderbilt, right? Even though they're looking better, it's a culture thing. And so I think with UConn plus 28 is uh, way too much of a leeway to give them week zero before they really know how bad they might be. Um, So (laughs) I love them plus 28. And that's a real thing. You know, teams, all this excitement, all this stuff, they don't know they're going to be a three, four win team yet. You know, so they're going to try and win a bowl, expect all out effort from UConn until the final whistle. And if, if, if Utah State gets up by 35, they're putting their backups in. So plus 28, I like. It's down to 26 and a half, 27 at some places. And so it's dropped substantially, but uh, I like it at 28. My other best bet that is still available, Florida Atlantic at home against Charlotte. The Owls. The Owls. Um, Earl, I got a whole <laughs> thing. Look at my handwriting here. I can hardly read this. This is from a couple weeks ago. But uh, early in the season, expect rust, uh, rust offensively from a lot of these teams. Uh, it, it, well, it's offense and defense. Truly, what you look at is how the coaching staff uh, does in the preseason, and you look at returning starters, returning experience. Those two things combined can lead to predicting how well offenses or defense will uh, defense will start the season. Now, last year, arguably three of the best four players on defense left uh, Charlotte. That's who they open up with. And I think Charlotte's going to have a real tough time replacing that. And defensively, too many holes last year, too many question marks this year. FAU's going to move the football. Charlotte offensively isn't bad. Okay, so I also kind of lean over here too. Eight starters back, but the question isn't, can they dominate? The question is, by the way, the over-under is a 57 and a half. The question is, how much are they going to give up, right? So... Uh, what, Ryan? Is that a big over-under too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I lean over, though. I think both offenses will score, but Charlotte's going to give yards up. FAU's going to move the football. FAU defensively, that's going to be the whole handicap, right? Can they eventually slow, slow down Charlotte? Uh, last year, very bad. 405 yards a game. Right there, past middle of the pack nationally, but it's last year's stats they're using to bake into this year's line, and this defense will be improved. 
their uh, their DC Todd Orlando, who's been at USC and Texas, mm-hmm. real good job bringing players in. Um, they didn't do a good job last year on third downs. That'll flip. They didn't have a, la- a good year last year in terms of tur- in terms of uh, turnovers. That'll flip. Running back Johnny Ford over six yards of carry. He's back. Johnny. Neb Tressler, Marvin Scott on the outside. They're back. Expect a good offense from FAU. Improved defense. Charlotte may move the football, but they're going to give yards up. I think in in droves. So I like FAU minus seven. That's the buy price, not seven and a half. But right now, seven. Uh, minus 110 for FAU. Tyler fading the 49ers best yep. bet. I'll be jumping on that. I didn't look at that at all, but if you're if that's your best bet then I'm going to I'm going to ride the uh, the Walgy train. Let me tell you that okay, much. Okay, let's do it. Um man, week 0, I'm so excited. Here we're we gonna, go. Next week we're going to be back uh on Wednesday with uh with our game one breakdowns and then the following week we start doing Sunday and Wednesday podcast. Good luck, so, Will. I can't. We, the, the season starts now for us too. So board, good luck, baby. sir. It's on. Uh follow us on Twitter uh, at CFB underscore pod. Follow us on Instagram at college football tailgate and uh, tell your friends, rate and review. We'll see you next week. Yeah.